Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Product Marketing Experts brought to you by Sharebird. I'm your host, Marcus Andrews, and today we are going to dive deep into building and scaling a product marketing team. At most companies, what works when you're 10 people will not work when you are 1,000 people, and this is absolutely true for product marketing. How you work with products, share updates, talk to customers, launch products, and tell stories has to be constantly evolving as your company grows. This means to be successful as a leader of a growing product marketing team, you've got to hire the right people, you've got to structure your team in a way that will scale, you've got to build a really strong vision for that team, and you have to constantly reinvent yourself. This is a major challenge and one that most folks just have to sort of figure out along the way. Uh, but we want to jump you forward and to help, we've got a product marketing expert, Patrick Kudica is the head of product marketing at Sprout Social. Sprout Social is a social media management and analytics platform that provides brands and agencies the tools they need to run their social programs. At Sprout, Patrick is the director of product marketing where he leads a team of go-to-market strategists focused on telling concrete, compelling stories about Sprout's platform and solutions. He's led product marketing at Sprout for six years, starting from when Sprout was around 100 employees through the global expansion of that company uh, Sprout Social is now nearly 700 people. They IPO'd last December in, tw in 2019. Uh, so super excited to have him on the show and help us figure this out. Patrick, how you doing? Doing well. Thanks, Marcus. Glad to be here. Awesome, Patrick. So first things first, uh, I know Sprout Social is in Chicago. I know you're a basketball guy. Are you watching the MJ doc? And if so, what do you think? Oh, yeah, of course. It's been keeping me uh, busy and feeding me with uh, that sports uh, you know, itch that I, I have uh, during this quarantine. So I'm loving it. It's given me maybe a new perspective on MJ, but I feel like uh, growing up, you know, being a kid and a teenager in Chicago in the 90s, I kind of knew a lot of this stuff, I feel like. So it's been very uh, nostalgic for me, I'll say. Same. Yeah. You know, I remember watching, um, especially that 97 series, like with my grandpa and my family, you know, it's just very nostalgic. It's just awesome right now. It's the only, it's maybe the only thing really getting me through quarantine at this point. Um, For sure. It's been pretty great. So uh, you did your Sharebird AMA on scaling a product marketing team. And there's a lot to kind of unpack there and, and dive in. But first, I'm curious, how did you become a PMM? Yeah, it's a great question. I think uh, I have a pretty unique journey, but I think a lot of PMMs do. So uh, maybe it's not as, as unique as I think it is, but uh, I studied economics, finance in college. And so my first job out of school for uh, about six years was actually as an equity derivatives trader. Uh, my brothers are in the industry and I kind of just followed suit. And, uh, and so I did that. Um, what I didn't realize at the time was, um, you know, that company, we actually built all of our own trading technology in house. And so I was kind of playing this pseudo PMM, even PM role without even knowing it. Um, and that I was sort of the liaison between um, our in-house you know, tech team that was building our software and then kind of bringing that solution back to the, the trading desk um, and also bringing them feedback and, and requirements and things like that on what we needed to see. So um, I didn't know it at the time, but that was probably the beginnings of my you know, uh, building my product mindset and, and getting interested in, in product. Um, but I did that for six years. Uh, I left that industry and actually went to an agency um, for about 18 months. There was a really small local social media marketing agency in Chicago, kind of wet my appetite for 
the marketing world and social in general. And uh, we were a Sprout Social customer as, a, as an agency. And I got introduced to the team and the product and said, hey, you know, I'm loving this agency life, but there's things about it that I don't love. Um, mainly the idea of not facilitating or, or facilitating work on behalf of, of other brands and clients. I wanted to, you know, either go in-house or find another um, career path and, and sort of the vendor software path um, presented itself to me at Sprout. And, and that's where I've been for the last six years. Awesome. That is, you know, that's very similar to me where I, um, I was working at, at an agency, a communications agency, and we were using a vendor called um, Wildfire Interactive, which is a social media marketing software yeah. uh, company that doesn't exist anymore. It was acquired by Google, but I left the agency to go work at that social media marketing company. So sure. uh, very similar. And then also I think, so when you got into the product marketing side of things, do you think that it was just because that was a business need um, or was that sort of like, oh, this is my skill set, my skill set kind of matches up with this work that needs to be done. You mean when I was in the, at the financial yeah. institution? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think it was a little bit of both. Like there was a need for um, somebody to be that intermediary between, you know, the folks that were using the software we were building in house and the folks that were building it. Um, and I think I just naturally took a liking to playing that role um, so it was a little bit of both. And, uh, and again, at the time I didn't even know what I was doing, to be honest, I just kind of was, um, interested in, in being that person and, and filling the need. Awesome. So, uh, is there a quick way to kind of describe how the product marketing team is structured at, uh, Sprout Social? Like what does your immediate team look like? Um, how many people and, and what's your scope? Yeah, definitely. So, we are um, at the core, we are the go to market team. So currently there's myself and, and five others um, that I, you know, we call go to market strategists or product marketing managers. Um, and they uh, are essentially in charge of uh, commercialization of our product strategy. So bringing new features to market, you know, uh, communicating and, and facilitating releases and, and updates of existing features and products. And that's been core to the product marketing function at Sprout the whole time I've been there. Um, over the years, we've definitely, I've overseen other sort of sub teams and I've helped sort of, for lack of a better way of saying it, kind of launch new disciplines or teams. Um, I kind of like to think about product marketing at Sprout as sort of an incubator. Um, we were sort of the enablement team, sales enablement team before there was a real sales enablement team before we hired for that. Um, We were kind of the beginnings of customer marketing or onboarding before we hired formal teams for that. So um, we've done a lot over the years, but the core has always been that we are the go-to-market strategists and and that's still what we're focused on today. Yeah, that's very similar to HubSpot. I've been, so I've been at HubSpot for the last five years and as we've, as the company has grown, product marketing has has constantly evolved. And I like that idea of it being an incubator. I think when you're, you know, there's so many things that product marketers can do because we're sort of like creative generalists. Uh, You know, we end up doing bits of sales enablement or customer marketing. Um, Those are all things that we, my team has owned at one point or another, but now we have more specialized teams that kind of take care of it. Um, so that evolution is kind of always happening. Is that, it sounds like that's similar at, at Sprout Social. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I love what you said sort of in the upfront about having to constantly reinvent yourself. I mean, yeah. that's true for me as the leader of the team, um, but it's true for the team itself. We've constantly had to reinvent ourselves 
Um, we've, we're constantly taking on new challenges. And um, I think something that I've learned over the years that I didn't do well, haven't done you know perfectly well all along and, and I've gotten better at is knowing when it's time to sort of pass some of those things off, right? So there's a sense of like, hey, we, we kind of, well, you know, uh, built the beginnings of this onboarding program or this sales enablement initiative. Um, but once we've hired true experts in those areas, um, if I'm being honest, it was hard for me to let go of those things. Cause I was like, Hey, I, I helped build this. Um, but I've quickly realized that like, it's actually a superpower to like, you know, then hand it off and have people who actually know what they're doing, uh, in those areas, take it and run with it and turn it into what, you know, what it should be. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think, you know, there's, especially with the, with the work that you really like, it's difficult to hand it off. You know, you've built it, but it, you know, it could just be something that you enjoy or is high value or is something that's really valued by, you know, the executive team or customers or whoever. Um, but yes, I think you're right. Like ultimately, um, handing those things off and trying not to do too much is really smart as a product marketing team. I found that, you know, as the team grows and you have all these responsibilities, it's easy to get kind of stuck down in the, in, in reactive work that's lower impact. But if you, I think if you look at it that way where it's like, you know, we can pass more of this on, um, you really start to be more focused and strategic. Is that something you've seen as well? Absolutely. And that's actually an evolution that we're like right in the midst of right now. Um, our team has certainly been, uh, you know, at the tactical level of go to market motion and release management for many, many years. And we still hold on to the core of that. Mm -hmm. um, but elevating, uh, you know, the, the work of the team to the more strategic level. So looking at things like how can we gather and package up, you know, really insightful customer, you know, stories and, and just get customer insights and product feedback um, and, and deliver that to the product team in a way that impacts product strategy. Um, that's, you know, that's one area where we're really starting to, to focus more. Um, how can we be more customer focused um, and customer facing, right? And get out in the field and spend more time with our customers, you know, instead of just writing release notes or doing documentation and, and some of the more tactical stuff. So, the evolution from like day-to-day -day tactical, which is obviously still so important to um, being more strategic is, uh, is an ongoing, um, you know, effort. And, and it's one that we're, you know, really in the midst of right now. Yeah, absolutely. Why? I'm curious, you know, with, I, I think it's smart, but you know, why do you think it's a priority for you guys to spend more time with customers and, and keep that customer focus or maybe ramp up that customer focus? Yeah. Um, you know, I think, uh, in the last couple of years, last year, especially things like voice of customer and other ways of saying that have been become kind of buzzwordy, I would say. But mm -hmm. one of the things that I think has been, um, you know, I've been really impressed with the way the product team operates at Sprout is that we've always been customer first. And, and what that looks like is, you know, we have, we've been lucky enough to scale to be, you know, more than 20,000 customers. And we don't focus on one specific vertical, one specific segment of the market. I think it's somewhat similar to the way, you know, HubSpot, uh, you know, grew and, and scaled. Um, so we have the benefit of having this enormous customer base. And so um, if you're not listening to that, you know, enormous, you know, corpus of, of insight and research and data, like you're just doing yourself a disservice, right? So I think it's so important because your customers ultimately are going to tell you what they need. They're going to tell you the problems that you should be solving. They're going to tell you the problems that you think you're solving, but you're not right. And where you may have gaps. 
Um, and so all the research, you know, you can do um, sort of in the market or working with analysts or even just your own gut, like, yeah, that stuff's all great. But at the end of the day, your customers have the answer. Um, and so, you know, the more time we can spend, um, you know, with them or even just analyzing, you know, whether it's through some of our, you know, our call recording software and things, you know, other tools we have to capture those, those conversations um, with our sales team, with our success team, like it only makes us better. Yeah, totally agree. And uh, call recording software has been really great for making that scale. That's, it's pretty amazing how, I don't know if you guys use what we use, but it's really nice to be able to um, get in there and analyze as a product marketer, sort of analyze what people are saying about products. Um, but also like, you know, kind of mining for the words that people are using is something that we're starting to do more of. Absolutely. Yeah. So we've been using Gong. Um, yeah, us too. And yeah, for sure. It's, it's amazing. Um, you know, we, uh, we've had the benefit of working with a, a sales ops team and then, uh, um, our competitive Intel, uh, guru, I'll say who, who used to be on my team actually. So kind of speaking to the evolution of product marketing, there's a, a person by the name of Peter Mertens who's on the product marketing team. And now he's become sort of our market strategy lead and, and has joined the sales leadership group. But, um, you know, Peter helped our team set up, you know, gong in a way that allows us to mine the tens of thousands of calls that we have in a way that's not needle in a haystack, right? It's, it's leading us in the right direction to find, you know, product feedback and, uh, in specific areas, it's set up, it's set up in a way so that each PMM can kind of look at their specific product category and find exactly what they need. So, um, it's, it's been a game changer for us and we're only scratching the surface. Like we really started to build this, customer insights program out in the last, you know, six months. Um, so we've got a long way to go, but we're already seeing tons and tons of benefit from it. Fascinating. Yeah. We need some, uh, we, Peter, you're going to have to uh, come over to HubSpot and set up some views for us. That sounds, uh, that sounds awesome. I want some product specific uh, views and gong. Um, so cool. Right. Yeah, I feel like I just gave away our secret secret <laughs> weapon. So I'm gonna make, make sure that you're not, you know, connecting to Peter and, and no, <laughs> never, never. We've got um, we've got our own uh, competitive intelligence guru, Sam Ronaldo, and I just and now I've got a new project for him, which is exciting. Nice, uh, awesome. So, how do you guys think about um, structuring the team? You know, I think there's some pretty typical structures for product marketing teams. Are you aligned by product line? Are you aligned by customer? Um, how do you organize the product marketing team? Yeah, so we align by product line. Um, so we've done that ever since I've been at Sprout. Um, we've we've toyed with other, or at least even thinking about other alignments, but at the end of the day, that's the structure that makes the most sense for us. Um, I think part of, of the reason for that is that we've always been a very product first, sort of product minded product marketing team, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, that goes back to even just the way that the team has evolved and, and scaled. Um, when I joined Sprout, you know, six years ago, we were part of the marketing organization. Um, and within the first year or so, we were actually moved over to the product organization um, and reported, you know, up through the, the head of product who, who happens to be our CEO. Um, and then, you know, that was about three years. That's kind of where we grew up as a product marketing team. So we were always, you know, thinking as product management is our main stakeholder, our main partner, we were aligned to them, you know, PMM to, to PM. Um, and then even as we've scaled, you know, today we're over 20 product managers and, you know, throw in product design and engineering. Our product org is pretty massive and product marketing has certainly not scaled in tow. 
um, which is one of the challenges I think, right? Like we're not going to get the same headcount and we're not going to grow in the same way that a lot of our stakeholder um, teams do. Um, but we've maintained that alignment of PM, uh, PMM to a PM or a product line. Um, and it's worked pretty well for us. Yeah. And how have you guys approached that? We've, you know, we had the same, the same issue at, at HubSpot where it's the growth of the product team, um, and R and D, you know, there's a, there's a big investment there from software companies, which is smart, right? You want to you want to make sure that that is a is a really strong part of your business. Product marketing doesn't scale quite as fast, so we've you know we've we've made some changes um, where just just more so like scaling changes where it's like you know we now work more with product leadership um, and individual PMs, but in a few instances, like PMs now do some of the work that we used to do around product communications. We also have kind of less meetings with individual PMs and have more um, strategic kind of roll-up meetings. Anything specific that you guys have done to help with that scale issue with the product org? Yeah, totally. So um, actually it's really validating and, um, and comforting for me to hear that, you know, at HubSpot, you guys have had the same issues, but also, or, or same challenges, I should say, in, in scaling. Um, but also in hearing you say that, you know, you've sort of started to pass the buck a little bit back to product management for some of those things, because we're actually, again, sort of in the midst of some of that evolution right now, as we're focusing more and more on strategy and how we can um, empower the product uh, team as opposed to just support them, right, with some of that day-to-day -day stuff. Um, but the other thing I'll say in terms of like headcount or scaling is that um, we found leverage in, in just partnership, which may sound obvious, but, um, you know, there's a few teams internally um, that we've partnered with over the years that have really um, been a catalyst for or sort of an accelerator or an extension of the work that we do, right? So a couple examples are you know, one that's maybe obvious is a sales enablement team, you know, as that team had started to formalize and, and grow, we were able to partner with them and in a way to say, hey, you, you all are the experts actually in some of this stuff. We're going to, you know, seed you with the foundation or the, the, um, the nucleus, so to speak, of what you need for this product training or this enablement effort, but you're actually the experts to then take this forward and and get it done. Mm -hmm. So it's sort of relieved us of having to say, oh, we need to add a product trainer to the team or we need to add this skill set because we actually had the skill set elsewhere in the organization. We just needed to find a way to partner and enable them um, to do that work. The other uh, team I would mention that's been a huge amplifier for us and a great partner is the solutions engineering team. So for us at Sprout, that's a pre-sales team and, and they work a little bit um, within our, our customer base as well in terms of you know, growth and expansion, but um, partnering with our solutions engineers has been just, just such a huge win um, mm -hmm. because they're an extension of the product knowledge and expertise that we have as a, yep. as a PMK team or product marketing team. So um, yeah, I think finding leverage and partnership internally is, a, um, is another huge part of sort of uh, solving for the fact that I'm not going to get the headcount that maybe I think I want, or I think I need um, to scale with some of our other stakeholders. Yeah. I think that's a really um, smart and just honest take on kind of, you know, product marketing and the, like how the teams grow. It's been very similar at HubSpot too. And I imagine, you know, people say that the, with this podcast and with the show, you know, people say that product marketing is different at every company, but the more I talk to people, the more I realize like a lot of the, the issues are really, really similar. Things that we care about are really, really similar. Um, 
but uh, yeah, I think that that's just a smart way to think about it, right? You know, it's like there are these things that you work on and then they kind of evolve into other teams. And then you have sort of these partner teams um, and they may, it may not translate into like headcount for you, but it's still, you know, it sounds like you're a very strategic partner, like with these teams and you're helping kind of guide, I'm imagine like, you know, their, their work and their focus, but you, but they're doing the work for, you know, the individual tactics like sales enablement or product knowledge. Yeah, for sure. And it's actually, but it's actually two ways I would say, right? So it's a little bit of, maybe it starts with like, Hey, this is something product marketing used to own. Um, we've hired this team. That's a team of experts or, you know, this is their focus area. So now we can hand this thing off. But what's really amazing is when that's come full circle and now they come to us and say, Hey, we have this initiative. We have this idea. We're hearing this thing from the field or from our customers. Um, can you partner with us to, to help, yeah. uh, you know, facilitate or execute on this, uh, on this strategy. So we've seen it both ways, um, which is really, really exciting to see. Nice. Yeah. And I, I think our, um, you know, having those partner teams that you really focus a lot of time and attention on is super smart as well. Like our sales engineers, sales engineering team, it sounds is very similar, similar. Whenever we have a new big launch, um, <clears throat> or there's something, you know, coming out that's maybe a little confusing or we're worried about how this is going to roll out to the sales team. I spend so much time with the sales and, in, uh, engineering team because they're super smart. They ask the best questions and if they get it, the rest of the sales org will get it. Um, so yeah, I, I kind of, I, you know, I think focusing on that team, especially, uh, can be super beneficial. Yep. hundred percent agree. Awesome. So I'm curious, uh, go back with me, you know, when you first, when you first started on the team, um, six years ago, you know, you're a much, much smaller company. What was the original vision for product marketing? Like what was the, what was the scope, um, back then and how has it changed? Yeah. So I think, um, the original vision is probably still pretty much pretty well intact. Um, just the idea of, of co the commercialization of our product strategy, right? So, mm -hmm. um, you know, how do we make sure that we're bringing new features um, to market in a way that's, you know, value focused and compelling and it's actually solving customer problems. Um, so I think the vision for what product marketing um, needs to be for a, an organization and a product like Sprout, you know, Sprout Social hasn't changed too much. I think what's changed is that the way we go to market is different now, right? Because of many different factors, right? We're, we're no longer just this, um, you know, feature factory of pumping out, you know, small iterative features and then one big one every once in a while, right? We have, our launches are, are all pretty, pretty huge. Um, and that's not to say, obviously we're iterating and making, you know, um, small adjustments and updates and, and really impactful ones all the time. But the scope and the scale of our of our product strategy and release strategy is just different than it was six years ago. Um, but that vision is still the same, which is that we need to just bring our, our uh, product to market in a way that's compelling and value focused. Um, and we need to make sure we're getting it in front of the right, the right audiences within our customer base, but also um, on the you know, new business top of funnel um, side of things as well. Um, okay. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. I think, you know, and again, we've seen something similar where it's like, it's the amount of products and the size of the launches and the, the diversity of the launches is what kind of we're adapting to all the time. So, you know, we have a, like a freemium product, for instance, that's something we didn't have when I first started the company. And what is the go-to-market 
you know, launch plan and, and messaging and positioning look like for that product that, you know, we've kind of, we've got to adapt a little bit there. It doesn't, doesn't quite change the, the, um, you know, the, the mission of the team, but it does definitely change what we do. For sure. And I think one thing that's been interesting as we've gone through this evolution is that, you know, we uh, at Sprout as a, as a company, as a product organization has been come to known, come to be known as a team that ships, you know, value very quickly and frequently to our customers. I mean, you, you look at, you know, um, the reactions we get on social and, and just the customer feedback we get, like Sprout is known as a company in the social media management or even just the MarTech space that constantly ships, right? And, and that's large updates and small updates. But, you know, so, ha- so that's, been a, that's been like a secret weapon for us, right? Um, mm-hmm. Especially competitively that we were never focused just on the enterprise or just on one vertical. And we weren't shipping just these like big quarterly releases. We were adding value all along. And so that's actually, you know, maintaining that as a competitive advantage has become a challenge, but it's, it's a one that's worth undertaking in the sense that how do we maintain that, that cadence and that frequency of delivering value and, and creating an event out of like every release we have um, within our customer base or even as from an awareness and marketing perspective, while also having the bandwidth to focus on the big chunky releases, right? And putting most of our energy there. And so, um, you know, process helps with that, like mm-hmm. templatizing certain things and partnering with other teams and, and tapping into the, the larger marketing organization. But um, yeah, it's been an interesting challenge on how you get more strategic and sort of zoom out and focus on the bigger things while not uh, letting go of what's, you know, made us successful all along. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's, that's a great, that's going to be challenging from a product marketing point of view, but that's a great reputation to have. How do, um, what's the product launch cadence look like um, at Sprout? Do you guys have a, a way of prioritizing product launches and, you know, how often do they happen? How does that work for you guys? Yeah, so we are still very much still, um, you know, very like agile and just, you know, we don't we don't have like a very specific cadence or a quarter, quarterly release or anything like that. So we basically ship as as the 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 features are ready. Um, you know what? How we've um, evolved as a as like a go to market strategy is that we're um, better at packaging up multiple releases in terms of storytelling and and like launch marketing tactics um, these days. So we we do a lot of sort of bundling in that regard. Um, But I would say from like a a large chunky, whether it's new product or new integration or like a massive update to an existing functionality, um, you know, we have probably two to three of those a quarter maybe. spread across our whole product um, offering. So it's still pretty frequent and pretty, um, pretty substantial, but we found ways to, you know, to support it in a way where um, we're focused in the right areas and having the biggest impact. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. When, so you've, you know, you've grown the, grown the team and I'm curious what, um, when you're hiring, you know, how is, how has hiring been over that time? And really what do you look for in product marketing candidates? Yeah. So hiring's been, um, I was going to say hiring has been slow. Um, but I, I mean, I guess I should say a better way of saying is that it's been very intentional, right? So mm-hmm. in, in one regard, it's, um, it, it's highly dictated by, since we are such a, a partner to our, our counterparts in product management and we align that way, it's, it's a, a byproduct of how they're scaling. So like if we spin up a new 
what we call, you know, zone or squad within our product team to, to focus on whether it's a new opportunity or maybe one zone, you know, product area sort of breaks off into two because it's gotten so massive and there's so much opportunity. Um, that's a signal to us like, Hey, we probably need some go to market support for that new squad or that new zone. Um, so there's a very real indicator that's like, Hey, the product team is growing. We're hiring more PMs. We're going to solve more problems. We need a new person to help us bring that to market, but that's certainly not one-to-one, right? So our, currently our, our PMMs support, you know, multiple PMs and multiple, um, product areas. Um, so that's been one thing. Um, but as far as, um, as what I look for, um, you know, you got to have uh, someone who is a great communicator, both, you know, uh, written skills and, and verbal skills. Um, I really look for someone who is interested in and is willing to be like a deep, deep product expert. Um, and I think that's really important. You know, there's, there's product marketing teams that are more sales minded. There's product marketing teams that are more marketing focused, you know, maybe performance marketing fo- focused. And I think there's product marketing teams that are more product minded and it kind of just depends on what your organization is like, how your PMM team was built within the organization, probably a bunch of other factors. And as I mentioned before, we've just been very product minded for a long Mm -hmm. time. So I need my team to be product experts. Um, And I think there's a certain uh, type of product marketer who really wants to be that expert. They're cool with jumping on and doing a demo at the last minute. They're interested in learning all the intricate details of, of, you know, the infrastructure and the APIs and the things that, that the platform is built on. So that's one thing, willingness to be a product expert. Um, and then being able to be a, you know, a concrete storyteller, right? So, um, again, written and verbal skills, like, can you package up technical information and tell it in a very compelling, um, value focused way? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think it does. That is a good thing for people to know too when they join an organization, right? Like, you know, you are going to have to be a deep expert on this product. And it may mean like, you know, at times, and it's meant this at times for me, like getting really close to APIs and developer tools, which may not be the most, you know, exciting um, tools because they're kind of complicated and, and uh, you know, used by an audience you're not familiar with, but that's just part of the challenge. Um, so yeah, I think I think that makes a lot of sense and, you know, being good at that and then being able to translate that, commercialize that, bring it to market. Um, what's your outlook on the career of product marketing? Do you think, you know, product marketing in general is like a, is a good place to be and, um, uh, you know, are you positive on, on the outlook of the career? Absolutely. Um, I feel like it'd be, an, uh, it'd be an issue if my answer to that was no, but, but it, it's a really interesting question right now. I feel like, I mean, I'm sure I'm somewhat in this, little bit of a product marketing echo chamber as, as all of us uh, potentially are. But I, I think it's, there's been a very real um, and tangible and palpable like uptick in conversations around product marketing as yeah. a function and the need for product marketing. Um, and, and so I think you've seen communities pop up like Sharebird and others that um, are really, really rich with, um, with content and with um, experience um, and varied experience. And so I think product marketing is, is one of the most exciting, you know, places to be one of the most exciting functions to be in today. And I think part of that too, is because it can be a springboard to so many other areas. And so I think, you know, there's certainly a path for someone to build their career within product marketing and and stay within product marketing today. But, you know, I'm seeing colleagues and, and folks in my network, you know, hop into product management, product strategy, product operations is becoming a, a very real 
and necessary function. Um, I've seen PMMs go into, you know, account management and see, you know, being customer success representatives and doing that really well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think it's a really exciting time to be a product marketer. And I think, you know, the options um, within product marketing and beyond are going to continue to just uh, to just grow. Yeah, I think, I think that's, I think it's a great take. I totally agree on, you know, these, these communities like Sharebird that are, they're coming together and just in the last like couple of years around product marketing. And then also your point that it can be a springboard into lots of different things as well as its own career um, is a great one. You know, I think that's what, uh, there's a lot of people who kind of wander into product marketing, but the, but that they build all of these different skills while doing it that really helps them in their career. Patrick, is there anything that, um, you want to tell people about, or is there a way that people can connect with you online? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I'm pretty active on Twitter. So my, uh, Twitter handle is at P Cuddy. Um, so you can reach me there. Um, I'm obviously active on Sharebird. It's a great community. Um, it's how, you know, Marcus, you and I met through Sharebird and, and through context there. Um, happy to connect with anyone on LinkedIn. Um, and yeah, I love talking product marketing and um, would be happy to connect with, with anyone in the community. Awesome. I will get on Twitter after the next, um, I guess the last dance is basically over at this point, but um, I still have one episode to watch. So uh, I'll get on Twitter and, and uh, get some reactions from you on the, on the MJ doc. Yeah, nice. That'd be great. <laughs> All right. Well, I appreciate you. Thanks for coming on the show and um, have an awesome day, Patrick. Thanks. You too, Marcus. Appreciate it.